0: Welcome to the Delling Pod with me, James Delling Pod. I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but before I introduce him, Thor, Thor has come over from the uh, from London calling to do a an advert on my superior podcast. So I'm gonna read it to you. It's a bit actually, it's a bit wordy. I think it's a bit long, Thor, actually, for the Delling Pod, but I'm gonna read it anyway. Uh, dear fellow Delling Pod listener. I used to think America was a land of pioneers until I found myself sat upon an American lavatory and this thought struck me. How could these people have gone to the moon? Uh, duh, they didn't thaw. Because you see, special friend, I've spent a fair bit of time in the USA working with tech entrepreneurs at MIT to help them master business pitching skills, assisting all companies in Houston with their positioning and business presentations. And what did I see every time I took a few minutes for a private lavatory pit stop? I saw the faces of all my fellow lavatory users through the massive uneven gaps which every American lavatory stall apparently possesses. And I thought, can a country that can't manage basic carpentry really pioneer space travel? This is a a very weird ad. Seriously, though, you and I both love James and his darling pod, don't we? We love him because he is truly a, a pioneer, an idea pioneer. James and his guests pushed the boundary of ideas and The Darling Pod has been my secret ideas pleasure trove for many a year. Who am I, special friend? I am non-executive director, executive coach and pro bono counsellor for the Free Speech Union. My name is Thor, and I believe thought pioneers like James are doubly precious in this 2022, or almost 2023, culture of conformity. So I'm getting up off my metaphorical private lavatory seat Whipping out my wallet and saying it loud and proud, I sponsor the Idea Pioneering Delling Pod. So, you could do with some problem-solving ideas in your life. Connect with me, Thor Holt, at LinkedIn or on Telegram at Thor underscore Holt. And yes, Telegram user means that Thor doesn't trust the science since 2019. Kind regards, Thor. Up. Uh, Actually, Thor's better, I think, than the, than the copyright in the advert suggests. So I, I would contact him. He's, he's, he's a really good um, sort of coach and will add brilliant amounts of value to your business. Anyway, now I can, after Thor's wordy intro, I can finally introduce my special guest that I'm delighted to have. Mike Mew, I've been trying to get you for ages. It's great to have you on the Pod.
1: Thank you very much. So, Mike,
0: um, I gather you, you you know nothing about a Delling pod. I mean, you, you've lucked out here. It is the greatest podcast in the world, um, but I'm, I'm not used to doing it this early in the morning because um, you've got lots of lots of clients coming up, haven't you? Yes,
1: yeah, I'm a busy boy.
0: Um, I first heard of you um, when I was reading that book about breath by by James Nestor. Um, And I got very excited because I'll tell you a story. I mean, you are a a trained orthodontist and I'm always interested in the subject because I've got terrible teeth, you know, crowded, like a a lot of English people, I think, uh, of my generation, particularly. And I, I, I went to see recently or uh, a year ago, um, one of those places that specializes in making your teeth better with, you know, you t- and you talk about all the stuff about Invisalign or, or versus braces and stuff. And <clears throat> they were talking to me that, you know, they're very nice and they, you know, nice and expensive and stuff. And obviously we're going to do it.
1: Expensive.
0: Yeah. Reassuringly expensive. and, they took me through it all, and, and I was on the verge of signing, and I thought, hang on a second. I really don't like the idea of shaving off bits of the edges of my teeth. And this makes no sense to me. This seems wrong. That Actually, even if it's a tiny amount. So I never went ahead with it, and I'm really glad I didn't because I think that maybe the thing that you do is actually much better than the sort of – the the mainstream stuff so tell me a bit about your well your dad first of all because you because you you inherited this 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 strange business you do where you're not really an orthodontist you're orthotropist
1: yeah we we refer to this as orthotropics because we needed it you know if you're going to be different you might as well have a slightly different name because you know that then identifies you you, you know where you stand yeah so, we came up with some orthotropics because we're orthodontics, orthos, straight, don'tos, teeth, straightening teeth. Well, we're saying orthos, straight or correct, um, and tropos, growth. So, we're looking at orthotropics, we're trying to correct the growth of the face. Um, clearly, we're looking at the whole problem very differently. And, you know, sometimes i find the easiest way to to breach this difference is to ask the question why so i was one of those annoying kids as was my father and of course you know we've got to contribute quite a lot of this back to my grandfather but we i start with the question why why are teeth crooked it sounds such such an obvious statement but that's kind of you know often what science is supposed to do you know they're supposed to ask the really simplistic basic question because many ways you could say if you don't understand the cause of a problem you don't understand the problem you know and medicine's supposed to be about treating the causes of these problems and you know i couldn't tell you if our ancestors had type 2 diabetes i couldn't tell you they had sleep apnea you know lots of these things I, i i don't know because they're dead Gone. We haven't got them anymore. We can't look. There were no research, you know, done at the time, so we've got no idea. But <clears throat> I can tell you where the teeth were. In fact, I can tell you where the teeth still are, because we've got the skulls. I can go down to a museum and I can have a look. And woe behold, they never had crooked teeth. In fact, none of our ancestors really looked much like us at all. You know, these guys had you know, we, we we're supposed to have our wisdom teeth as well, so that would be thirty two teeth. All of our ancestors always had all thirty-two teeth in these, you know, in this fantastic crania you know, craniofacial. So that's that's your structure. You know, this fantastic architecture. You know, you see anyone walking off the um uh African savannah, you know, this Masamara guy standing up perfectly tall, you know almost perfect facial forms facial structure and a big broad smile with 32 teeth perfectly straight and that in fact because we know from our ancestors that he looks more like our ancestors than we do and it's not just this one guy you find it in all the tribal groups you know the um australian aboriginals the um a lot of the old inuits the um, guys walking off the, out the Amazon jungle. You know, all of these indigenous you know, peoples, they've all got fantastic facial development. Facial, they grow well. They have all 32 teeth perfectly straight. They stand up straight. They don't need orthodontics. They don't need teeth taken out. I mean, whoa, I've got all my fingers on my hands. Am I just lucky? You know, and sometimes you need to ask this really basic question of why, what, what's happened? Because we can make teeth straight. We know we can make teeth straight. in fact, you know, I studied as an orthodontist. I studied apparently in one of the top, easily one of the top five schools in the world. And probably for growth and development, the best school in the world. So I went to the Royal Aarhus Dental College in Denmark. And, you know, we really learned about the growth and development. But, and the science of orthodontics has been fantastic. You know, we've got these systems where we can make teeth straight. But we still want to ask out, you know, what else might be going on? And what I'm suggesting and what now quite a lot of people are suggesting, and this is clearly, my father was probably the leading light in this, but a lot of people have come on board since, is that the faces of modern humans are not growing properly. And crooked teeth, sleep apnea, a lot of the otolaryngology or the ENT problems and forward head posture, jaw joint issues, these things are all symptoms. So they're symptoms of a bigger problem that's going on. And this has caused me a certain amount of problems because I'm – I'm questioning the status quo within my profession. I'm questioning why we're doing things, what we're doing. And I'm also asking if there's potential negative effects from what we're doing. And that hasn't gone down very well. Well, I, I ran this campaign on to have a debate on why teeth are crooked. I thought that was a sensible thing. I'm a profession, it's supposedly a scientific profession, and I've simply said, okay, so in, I think it was 1937, the General Dental Council uh, held a debate on the etiology of malocclusion, you know, why are teeth crooked? And I felt here we were in early 2020s, 21, 22. In fact, I started this in 2009. And so I wrote at the editorial. a, uh, a black swan in the British Dental Journal, in which I challenged my profession. I said, look, we need to have a debate on why teeth are crooked. I then start, so I wrote to the all-party dental committee, I wrote to the General Dental Council, what, four separate chairs. I wrote to the quango above the General Dental Council, the um, Royal Society, the British Orthodox Society, I mean, endless letters. Um, questions in the British Central Journal, um, you know, what I did was I exhausted every sensible avenue, well, any avenue I had available to me, in my attempt to say, look, come on, we're a scientific profession, what are we doing? Why are teeth crooked? And, well, <laughs> I got nowhere. Got nothing. You know? I've got all these, I mean, they're online, I, I'll give you the link, you know? it's all there for anyone to look at. Because I felt, you know, you know, we should be only called the Minister of Health and all the other. You know, everyone I wrote to, and I just said, look, we're spending a lot of money on orthodontics. We're treating on the national health. We're treating about a third of the population. <laughs> if you add in private and adult treatments, it's easily above half the population. So we've got, and don't underestimate the how invasive this. This, this, this thing is orthodontics. Just because everyone's having it done, doesn't mean someone's, You know, it's not quite a fundamental thing to have done to you. And we're doing it to over half the population in the developed world. And sometimes more, I had one girl who said that, you know, a patient of mine, so she was having treatment. And she said that everyone else in her class has racism. That's 100 percent of that class. Now, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm just asking for more scientific inquiry. You know, my, my granddad had made some observations. My father came out with a very fascinating treatment system yeah, that deserves a deeper dive into it. But principally, we should be asking some basic questions within my profession. And I'm, you know. It, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame that doesn't move forwards um you,
0: you've got me dying to know now why why are our jaws not <laughs> doing what they're supposed to do i mean i'd love to have teeth like a maasai warrior i have to say I'd, I'd love to have a jaw a jawline like a
1: yeah but the two would go together wouldn't they yeah yeah you know so so the two things you know that you generally people with fantastic facial development with the best architecture in the world you know the, the people that adorn the magazine covers and are considered the most attractive people, yeah. generally have straight teeth. Yeah. Generally have space for all 32 teeth, and these big, broad smiles. And the people with the, the, the faces that, you know, it's such an emotive subject, James. You know, it, it, but, but we, you know, I'm a scientist, so that's what I'm talking about. The people whose faces, let's say, haven't grown as well tend to have crooked teeth. That'll be me. So what's gone wrong? OK, so the two, the two biggies, I mean, you know, we could point to lots of things. You could point to the, consistence, the constituents in the diet. You could point to breastfeeding, early weaning. And I think lo- there's potentially lots of these things are important. But the two really big ones is we've moved from this incredibly rough, tough, hard diet that, you know, to gain your calories every day, you'd eat whatever you needed to eat. Because otherwise you were going to starve to death. And we've moved over to this diet that is, well, you know, trying to cover the brand name on this cup. In this cup, I could easily get, what, three, four hundred calories. That's what, a a quarter of my daily calorific, not nutritional, but calorific intake. How much chewing do I need to do to get that on board in in a drink? Virtually none so you know i'm not using these puppies here Mm? Uh so if you're not it's use it or lose it you know i've got a strong jaw a famously strong jaw and famously strong chewing muscles from lots of chewing now how they related you know strong jaw strong chewing muscles because it's a system it's you use it or lose it it's the ultimate use it or lose it so how do you get strong chewing muscles gum chew yeah we chew just just use them Yeah. So, you know, if you if you have a very soft modern diet, you're not using your muscles. And the research on that is really clear. You know, it's staggering. You talk to anthropologists and archaeologists. It's a done deal. Strange enough, it's the anthropologists and archaeologists who seem to do more research on this subject than the orthodontists and dentists have. Because they see it, you know, ultra-anthropology, they go, well, crooked teeth, what's the sign of modern, modern society, isn't it? You know, we dig up these ancient burial sites, they've all got straight teeth. We we dig up these modern burial sites, they've all got crooked teeth and distorted faces. It's obvious. Yes. No question about it. But that, that you know, it's interesting how orthodontics and these other sciences hold completely different viewpoints and never talk. Um... But then the other biggie is we're getting blocked noses. Now, we all we all know we live in this polluted modern society. Now, it's not my area, but we're getting blocked noses. Now, if you get a blocked nose, you've got two choices. One is you pack up your bags and die. Fascinating how many SIDS, sudden infant death syndromes, are these kids with these high palates. In fact, I think... Um, uh what's his name found every single one of SIDS have these high narrow palates and little narrow faces fascinating fact but you either you're going to die or you're going to breathe out your nose Um, you'll breathe out your mouth sorry so Mm. if you've got a blocked nose you've got these two options now for everyone who lives what they've done is they've taken the tongue off the roof of the mouth they've dropped it down they've separated the lips they've separated their teeth and developed an open mouth breathing posture Mm. Ah. That's great, because when your nose clears, you can close your mouth, put your tongue up, and there's probably very little damage goes on as long as you only did it for a short period of time. But that's not what happens. This becomes what started as an obligatory need so that you could breathe, then becomes a habit. And the suggestion that we're making is that if you hang your mouth open, because you've that's become your habit, and you have weak muscles, then your face lengthens. Mm. Uh, a little bit like if you've seen someone who's had a stroke. So if you've had a stroke, now now remember that's just the surface musculature. That's just you know the the muscles of facial expression. Usually, now I've seen people who have had. Um, road traffic accidents, and that's cut, cut the power nerve, the trigeminal nerve. And they drop, uh, it's amazing how fast they drop. But just take people who have had a normal, everyday household stroke. One side of the face, it drops down, and that face gets longer. It's, it's predictable, it's reproducible, and it's relatively rapid. And what I'm saying is that most of modern humanity is, is like, sorry, James, can I mention your face?
0: Yeah, course you can, yeah.
1: So, you know, your face is longer.
0: Mm.
1: And it's dropped down. And if you've only got so much face, as it drops down, the cross-sectional area reduces. And you've got mm. less space for teeth that are crooked and slightly narrow dental arches. And that's you. It's you description of you. And the problem is that, yes, you know, we get crooked teeth. We don't like crooked teeth. So you can make them straight. But hang around. Crooked teeth is just, it's one symptom of this distortion. Mm. But if a face is distorted, there are going to be other problems. And, you know, we've seen the incidence of crooked teeth escalate, but we've also seen the incidence of other things like sleep apnea escalate. You know, when I qualified as a dentist, my, that's my undergraduate, my first qualification. When I qualified as a dentist in 93 at the Royal London Hospital in the East End of London, sleep apnea wasn't in the syllabus. There was something else with the term sleep apnea in it. So I, I, and I remember that. So I know that sleep apnea per se wasn't in the syllabus. Now, I talked to a North London ENT surgeon about 18 months ago and we're having a chat and I said that I thought 10% of the population was going to die 10 years early because of sleep apnea and its consequences. And he said, "Ooh, I think it's more like 20. Now, we're not talking about we just need to talk. We need to have the scientific process. I want to be able to engage with people in my profession and principally because of prevention you know i've got some interesting ideas and i could argue that i'm getting the best facial outcomes you know i'm making kids who come in to see me who are visually challenged and we're making them and making them beautiful you know it's not cost effective i can't really do it and make much money that's a problem but and it's hard work but basically you can break down to what I'm saying to stand up straight and shut your mouth. That's yes. not a new idea. You know, and you could or you could you could you could take everything I've said so far and you could describe it something like shut your mouth or the wind will change and your face will set like that. New one? None of this is new, you know. Um, But it it, it confronts an industry that, you know, who makes money, a dietician or a liposurgeon? Yeah. Right? Now, who's making the real health benefit? Yeah? Now, I'd I'd argue that the dietician doesn't even know when the committee meetings go on. And the liposurgeon who's bringing big bucks in—he's on the committee meetings. He's making big decisions, and that's where we've got. So the, the, realistically, the answer is dieticians, and the answer for what I'm saying is prevention. Literally, so I really think that simple public health messages could reduce this problem. So what I'm saying is there's a, there's a problem with ways, they, there is a problem with the way that faces are growing in a modern society. Go and see these indigenous tribes, go and see, go and see how they look because they look, they, they've grown well. And of course I think people who grow well, they've grown to be healthy. We're hardwired to be attracted to healthy people. Mm. So, we call this attractive. Good looking. Mm. And that's such an emotive thing that everything I'm saying is just wound up with you know, how can you get by this? I'm making people good looking. People who are good looking are healthier, you know, is good looks and health two separate sides of the same coin. I mean, it's, it's very judgmental. You know, when I've I've always been fascinated, I've had people come in, particularly, you know, 10 years ago when, before the internet, people would just come in to see me because they were, they'd been told by an orthodontist, they'd need four teeth taken out Mm -hmm. and probably eight actually, because you're not going to get your wisdom teeth in either, probably. So they come in to see me, uh, they bring their child to see me and they just want another method to make the teeth straight without taking teeth out. And I'm trying to explain what I'm doing and the fact that I'm not going to... I'm going to try to change the way the face grows so the face fits all the teeth. Rather than removing the teeth, just accepting the growth of the face, taking teeth out to match what the face has developed. Now, <clears throat> clearly, any—you know a lot of mothers would understand what I'm saying mm. and they'd jump ahead and they'd say... You know, they, they've come in and they've literally laughed at little Johnny's teeth. Their mother's laughing. <laughs> His teeth are all over the place. What a mess that is. Looks terrible. <laughs> but as soon as they twig that I've suggested that little Johnny's face hasn't grown properly, they stand up and express insult. They lose their sense of humour. And this is this thing, you know, and it's held this whole science back. It's. Faces. You know, I, I'm suggesting that most people, my face hasn't grown properly. Most people in the modern world's faces haven't grown properly. And in fact, you know, we, we can chart this back because, you know, you go back to the medieval period and, you know, up till the sort of 1400s, faces weren't, it, was, it wasn't a perfect situation. They weren't like, the you know, hunter-gatherers. But right up to the medieval end of the medieval period, nearly everyone had all 32 teeth in their head. They were more or less straight from when they were born to when they died. And they had reasonable facial proportions. And it has progressively gone downhill since with the Industrial Revolution clearly being a a, a relatively large turning point. And we're getting an an exponential growth now. But we're also seeing this exponential growth in sleep apnea. And, uh, you know. What is what is sleep apnea? Sleep apnea? Well, it it, is not the most perfectly defined problem. And I would suggest that's because it's a symptom of something else. Like malocclusion, crooked teeth. It's hard to define malocclusion because I think it's a symptom of something else. The same way as sleep apnea, I think is this problem for someone else. You know, there's lots of different definitions of sleep apnea. We, you know, we can have or upper nasal restriction syndrome or um, sleep of breathing. But basically, what's happening is your tongue's going in your airway, and the, the more you breathe in, it just acts like a bung so and it's happening usually people will, it'll happen at night people start that they're snoring remember if you're snoring today you've got a high likelihood of sleep apnea in the future so take note of it and of course you can use those apps you know you can buy phone apps that um listen to snoring and it's a really good thing to do to, to remember knowledge is power you know i recommend everyone takes records you know it's vital but sleep apnea is when when you try and breathe in and you you obtrue, you occlude your airway, because the more you suck in, the more you pull your tongue in your airway. And, of course, you're going to die now if you can't breathe. So what you need to do is pull your tongue forwards. However, you often need to wake up to do that. So what you're doing is you're fragmenting your sleep.
0: Mm.
1: And that is incredibly, incredibly bad for you. So the fact that your oxygen saturation falls way down as, you, as you're starting to um, occlude your airway, particularly after you've become used to this for a while. So, you know, constant, constant, you get used to it. So now your oxygen saturation has to drop right the way down before you are stimulated to wake up. And the fact that you are stimulated to wake up, and this can be repetitive, like, 50 times in a night, often not as many, but let's say, you know, even, you know, you know yourself. If someone wakes you up, have you got kids?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. (laughs) you know yourself. You've only got to be waking up twice in a night to feel destroyed the next day. Mm. yeah. Well, if you're woken up 50 times in the night, you know, you're, you're, you're completely destroyed and that then becomes a normal pattern. And this, you know, it stresses every system on the body massively, you know. It upsets your hormonal balances, it upsets your stress levels, it upsets um, your diet. You know, the old question, do do people become obese and get sleep apnea, or do people get sleep apnea and become obese? You know, you you could make an argument both ways. The first way is more common argument, but when you've had sleep apnea, you really crave the very foods that make you obese. Yeah, you know, the comfort foods. But hell, you've had a terrible night. You know, don't you deserve it? Mm.
0: Yeah. No, I was just thinking. I, I remember once I did a I did a speaker event in um in Southern California, and it was hosted by this guy who'd become a millionaire, if not a billionaire, selling devices for people with sleep apnea. Mm. And you're absolutely right that the, it, it's the people who are in on the the cure for all these conditions who are making all the money. And the people who are talking uh, did about you preventing... Say cure? Well, okay, not cure. The, the people who are... Yeah. Palliative uh, treatment. Yeah, palliative treatment. Exactly. Because that, w- w- apart from my own my own um, messed up teeth and, 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 and jaw and stuff, that one of the reasons I'm very interested in, in, in your experiences and your story is that it aligns with so much so many of my other discoveries about the the morally bankrupt world of the food industry of the of the farmer industry for example i mean we we needn't go into this one but cancer, <laughs> the the cancer industry they they don't want to cure cancer i mean it would be a disaster if they cured cancer because what 80% of big farmers profits are from from the fear of of cancer followed by the treatments for cancer which don't actually stop you dying of it they just keep you on a sort of life support and we know that there are there are cure there are there are ways of not getting cancer and dealing with it but but they've been suppressed in the same yeah, way yeah, that you've you...
1: got to, i've got uh, yeah remember you remember i am a paid up member of the uh, medical establishment i 've got to be you know yeah, the, james I think there is concern that what you're saying needs to be looked in in more light more light needs to be shone about this and I think that it's a great you know I I don't like to I I just worries me you know worries all I'm calling in my profession for is debate the scientific process Mm. and I'm shocked how It's got me nowhere. Literally. Well, it has got me somewhere. I'm up in front of the general dental council and they're trying to take my license away.
0: Yes. Well, tell me about that. I was shocked to read that. I I, I think it's it's a witch hunt. I I think you should be entirely free to to pursue your 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 interest. I mean, you you seem to be doing good. I I I mean, the
1: the, the crazy thing is here, it's that there's no suggestion of I've harmed anyone. It's a philosophical debate. I mean, you know, we've got, I mean, we've got three cases against me. The first case, the mother overjoyed with the treatment. I think the case has gone brilliantly. I mean, literally, I think I've taken someone who wasn't growing as well and I've transformed her life. Literally. The mother, mother and patient and whole family overjoyed with the outcome of this treatment. Absolutely overjoyed. Second patient down the line, well, I treatment plan the patient. I didn't treat them. Someone I I employed, I was trying to employ a dentist. It was was a a vain attempt to try and expand my clinic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I struggled. You need to. It's the money thing. If you don't make money, how can I afford to employ a dentist? Because by regulation, no one else is allowed to do this except a dentist. You know, it's all sewn up nicely. Yeah, Yeah. Then how do I, I can't afford to employ a dentist to come and do this. You know, I, I, the only way I can make this treatment work is me taking a very low salary. The only way I can make it fl- fly, but you know, then I can't. I mean, I'm just. Hopefully, we're just getting to the point now um, where I can move forward. Anyway, I was employing a dentist. She actually did the treatment. Um, I, I don't want. Clearly, this is the point, and this is the, this is a really again, this is the really difficult thing. I cannot tell you too much about what's going on because
0: self so say
1: and this is, the, this is the whole, you know, I want to stand out and shout, this is wrong. This is wrong on so many levels, but I can't get into the details. So, I mean, you're stymied, aren't you? You know, it's, it's like, this is how we do it. We're going to silence you so you can't stand out and say anything. And then we're going to slightly gut are, you. Are you
0: allowed to tell me what what they're trying to get you on?
1: <clears throat> well they're trying to say. So anyway, that the second patient I didn't do the treatment. Mum, um I never got on with mum. And uh, what can I say? What can I say? What can But anyway, the treatment they never went, they, they literally a couple of months of treatment. It didn't go well, I didn't do it, someone else did it. So, in theory, the only thing you can have a go at me about is the treatment plan, what we set out attempting to do. And mm. of course, it was a very similar treatment plan. To, the, patient A, the first patient, well, if I got a result on the first patient, well, guess I should have been able to get a a result on the second patient, had it, they stayed in treatment. The third allegations, this is a a tranche of allegations, so I think it was something like 12 allegations, so one of the members of the, um, one of the um, high up people within the British orthodontic society went through my videos, trying to find, you know, hunting for places where they felt I'd erred. I'd said something that they could scientifically demonstrate was wrong, and that I was misleading the public. Yeah. So they got 12 allegations. And it was the whole way it was done. I mean, you know, they didn't, you know, normally you'd expect, remember, this is like my union, they're my union, yeah, you know, yeah. the British Orthodox Society. I'm a paid-up member. You know, they provide me with resources and help if I get into problems. Now, what they've done is they've made a whole list of allegations. And rather than phoning around and saying, look, Mike, we're not very happy with what you're doing. Maybe we could tone this down or we could do this or this. Let's have a chat about these. Rather than doing that, <clears throat> they, they, they wrote them down Now I know exactly what it is. Now I know they wrote it down in a strange way. They wrote it down as a General Dental Council legal charge sheet. You know, this allegation being broken. This is a rule broken. And I mean, all set out perfectly. So it could be copy and pasted by the General Dental Council into a legal action against me. And I'm writing, you know, I, I was, in, in, you know, I, I tried to get the British Orthodox Society to debate why teeth were crooked previously. Then they gave me a chance to defend these same allegations before they threw me out. And I said, you know, can we before I, I can't defend those specific allegations, this list of 12 allegations made without an understanding of acknowledged understanding that it's not a genetic problem. You know, all the evidence suggests, I mean, there's piles upon piles upon piles of evidence suggests that this is something to do with our modern lifestyle. It's a lifestyle problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's an environmental problem. It's not a genetic problem. And unless we get that, we have that as a general acknowledgement, I, I, I'm gonna struggle to defend my case here. So we need that debate now. And also you're a scientific organization That's what you should be doing, having that debate. And to them, no, that was a red herring. And they threw me out. So I've been thrown out the British Orthodontic Society. And then clearly those allegations are already on the desk at the General Dental Council. And now I've got to defend them. The General Dental Council actually have looked at the allegations and they've whittled them down to two. So I think that says something about the allegations in the first place. However, those are the three allegations, patient A, patient B, and this list of allegations on the videos from my YouTube channel, Orthotropics. And, you know, I would have loved to engage and discuss these things. In fact, I would love to give anything with the British Orthodontic Society. In fact, James, I would love to have a chat like this with any orthodontist on the planet, any professor on the planet. You know, I just want to talk. I'm going to go through these things. I want an open, normal, genuine conversation like this. But I want to ask searching questions. And I I don't want other people to ask those tough questions of me. I mean, maybe you're not in the position yet to understand the weakness and holes in my argument. But please, I want the tough questions. So I want. I want the scientific process. I want to think how we could do prevention. You know, um, please Support, promote, whatever my campaign, prevent crooked teeth. Because you know we've got this idea, we've got this concept, but it's not cost effective. What's cost effective is telling a child to eat with the mouth shut. The value of simply getting a child to eat with their mouth shut is—it's it's, it's massive. Breathe through their nose. Mm. Chew some tough, chew some gum. Go and get some chewing gum, and after school, get your chew- kids to chew gum. It's not rocket science. It's so goddamn cheap. This stuff's untrue, and the potential side effects. Well, you're not going to get jaw joint problems at under ten years old, realistically. Mm. You know why not? You know, you know. I've, I've, I did a video the other day, the, the five point prevention plan, and I simply say. Ask your kids to stand up straight and shut the mouth. Ask them to eat with the mouth shut. Chew gum after school. Lip tape at night. And take good records. I mean, it's just as simple. This isn't complex. And, you know, I really think this could have a major impact on how... Yeah. How, the, how how the faces of modern people in modern societies grow. James, I walk down to the the corner shop here and I'm passing disaster, car crash, victim. It seems every single face I pass has been damaged, and that's either happened through ignorance or inappropriate treatment because if you don't understand the cause of the problem but the, because you don't also understand the pathology you know if you have an environmental influence so if the environment influence how something happens there must be a pathological process via which that happens and simply not knowing is not an excuse because you're not interested in finding out
0: can can I just pick you up on the um on the chewing gum thing it, it, yeah. it's it's very interesting hearing uh somebody with 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 dental training singing the praises of chewing gum because i'm pretty sure that when i was growing up dentists were generally again chewing gum because it was i don't know the sugar was bad for your teeth and so on and i was well the two questions here first of all am am i right that the the dentists generally are against chewing gum aren't they
1: i mean there were when i was younger I, i <clears throat> I don't hear people talking about it much these days, but, you know.
0: But do you think that the decline in, in chewing chewing gum may may um, be partly the reason for this? I think,
1: yeah, I think food generally, we're, our food's just got softer. I mean, I saw this wonderful diagram at a conference where they had, um, in the past and the present, and they had a line going down of the amount of home-cooked food in the average house. Right. And of course, home cooked food tends to be tougher, less well processed. Mm. And I think it's just that, you know, it's <clears throat> for every calorie of every easy calorie you get, you're going to have one less tough calorie. For example, if I give you a mouth bar and what's that about 330 calories, three 300 to 400 calories. Well, you're going to eat less food that day or you're going to get fat eventually. Mm. Got two things. Either you, your body system is going to understand you've taken more calories on, cut down your calorific intake for that day, or you're going to put on weight. Yeah. You know, there's only two options realistically. So <clears throat> if you eat that Mars bar, those were easy calories. 400 calories gained instantly with utterly no effort to gain that. So that means you're going to these muscles are going to do less that day because you took so many easy calories, okay? Yeah. Now, sugar's hiding in everything. So those easy calories are going in everywhere, all around. Yeah. And so we're reducing the masticatory effort. You know, we're using our masticatory system less and that's a use it or lose it. We know that if you go, if you use your car every day rather than walking or going by the bicycle, that has an impact on your physical structure. And I'm saying the same thing happens when we don't chew. I mean, one of these fascinating things. So my um, antidote, so my brilliant secret exercise, I say I've got this super secret exercise mm. to help grow people. You know, it's super, super Really, really, you know, I don't, don't tell everyone this, James, you know. I say, well, we know that if you do a brisk 10-minute walk every day, you can reduce your chance of cardiovascular disease, you know, a heart attack. You know, it's well known. All we've got to do is get all of these old people to have a brisk ten minute walk every day, and the the, the reduction in cost to the national health is staggering. You know, it's crazy what this reduction. And the reduction of their mortalities and their problems, staggering.
0: Stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do you know what, Mike? I get people grumbling about my phones in my podcast, and I cannot stop it. Hello? Uh, no, I'm in the middle of a podcast, Ratty. Please call back. It drives me up the fucking wall. And people say to me, people get angry about it. People attack me saying, why do you do this? And I say, well, if I unplug my phone, I have to unplug my internet as well or something. And I, I can't. Anyway. anyway, anyway. And un- unerringly, unerringly, they ring me during my during my podcast. Anyway, so <laughs> no, and you were about right. to tell me the really interesting thing. OK, so what I'm saying
1: is that it's simply, you've got to think, 10 minutes every day for an adult can have a profound effect on their health.
0: I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. What is it? What is it?
1: Just walking. Just walking every day. Oh, no, sorry. I I thought you were telling me about the mouth exercise thing. thing. So the mouth exercise, Okay. It's a super, so if I can get young children to do 30 to 40 minutes of a pre-described exercise every day, it could have a profound effect.
0: That's a lot. 30 minutes. Yes. For a child. So we've
1: got this special exercise and the special exercise is in a um, a sort of um, situational specific um, situation. OK. So what you do is when you're in this situation, you always repeat the same pattern of behavior because then that situation reminds you. And it what we cause. So when are we going to be using the mouth the most? Well, when you're eating. So we're going to call this the meal time exercise. Okay, so the mealtime exercise super secret. Don't tell anyone, right? It's sit up straight, elbows off the table. Eat with your mouth shut. That's a good one. Chew your food properly. Then remember, food to you, not you to your food, to keep your back sitting up straight. Yep, got it. And then after you've chewed your food properly, and don't speak when you're eating. It's a good one. Then you chin tuck and bite together and swallow. Now <clears throat> I'll give you. I'll give you another secret here. Apart from that chin tuck, because everyone's got a forward head posture, that's not particularly new.
0: It'll never catch on.
1: <laughs> It'll never catch on. Yeah. No I. I I'm so just I'm gonna... reinventing the wheel here.
0: I'm just going to change the um, the battery on my my light because otherwise people get strobe effect. hell. Huh? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of wisdom in folk wisdom and tradition, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess trial and error over a significant period of time is good enough to gain some wisdom. Yeah, you know, and you know, <clears throat> it's just. It's What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the message out to more people because it just it, it really upsets me. You know, I I wish I could get the school. I mean, problem is this court case puts such immense pressure on you. You know, I I I decided so um, in about with well, 2009 I wrote this editorial, The Black Swan, and then I wrote. Um, a, a continued with letters and a, a letter writing campaign to just get my profession to do the site do the decent thing you know follow the scientific process yeah because <clears throat> it, it, it got no nowhere um then i but in about 2010 i moved down to purley where i've got my clinic and i move within a five minute walk less than a five minute walk so i can be here and i can really focus my time and then and then I, put, then I spent all my money, um, my mother died, so all that inheritance, um, everything I've got, I've just pumped into trying to create a centre here where we change how faces are growing. But of course, it's not easy to do that because, as I said, who makes money, a dietitian or a surgeon? Changing people doesn't make money. You know, um, for all the great concepts, the great ideas, the great appliances, sometimes I'm sat there with little Johnny saying, "Are you going to wear the brace?" And Johnny goes, "No, nah, I'm not going to wear the brace." And where where do you go? I mean, yeah, you know, there's no amount of high-fluting philosophy or qualifications or research or whatever. Nothing is going to going to persuade Johnny to wear his brace. And that's what it comes down to. And I've got to get him to try and swallow with his mouth closed. I mean, he doesn't like doing that. And most parents kind of, as much as, as, as much as, as much as we, I, I can engage them mentally, engage them with, with a cognitive, you know, a discussion, mm. they still think, hello, doctor, here's the money, make my child better." Of course. that's what we've got in medicine. Yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, if, so another example, um, Jeremy, I, I, I make is if I went outside on the street here and I got hit by a London red double-decker bus, then I'd want modern medicine on my side. It's been absolutely brilliant. There was nothing like it, you know, anesthetics, antibiotics. um uh, the the uh, hygiene theory, you know, I don't want to get infection. You know, I want someone to wash their hands mm-hmm. when before they put them inside me. And, you know, I, I, I've taken on an ambulance. And, you know, it's uh, no doubt we have achieved absolute brilliant success with modern medicine. However, if I've got a chronic condition. Well, almost by definition, then modern medicine hasn't fixed it. That's why it's chronic. And it's kind of about time we started looking for other explanations or other answers. And I think that would be the grown up thing to do. That would be the scientific thing to to look at all of the chronic problems we have in medicine, because that's what's costing the money. You know, when you actually look at the, the cost of the medical health, the, the acute problems, that's a very small scale of the national health. The national health is spending its money on all the chronic problems. And by definition, if a problem's chronic, you're not correcting it. Okay. And we just, you know, we need uh, to, to, to go through the chronic problems and just saying, okay, well, who else has got some ideas? And, and having that open debate about things. And. It's strange when you're in, you know, when, when me in my situation here, I'm, I'm I start to see, I I see orthodontics and the orthodontic profession from this particular angle, and that kind of wakens me up to looking at the other bits of medicine and how well, I, I, you know, unfortunately I'm not completely alone in beating the drum and saying something's wrong here.
0: Yeah, well, you're not. I mean, right. there are there parallel stories across. the... I mean, I, I, I sense that you didn't want to talk about them because you're still part of you is wedded to the. You you, you can't quite get rid of. <laughs> I'm
1: not I'm not, yeah, I'm not completely wedded to them, but I'm just I'm just getting disappointed, and I don't want my. You know, I'm just progressively getting more disappointed, and
0: um, you know, I, I, cognitive
1: I, I, dissonance, maybe. I just don't want to. You know, I totally see where you're coming for her, from. The more worried I get.
0: You don't you don't need to fight the battles of other other branches of medicine. You yeah. you've got your own battle to fight and, and and that's fine. Um can I ask you Mike? Um never mind the kids. What about people like me? Is is there is there anything we can do uh, 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 we're olders to un unruin Well uh,
1: this is the problem with adults is your bones so weak. Yeah. It doesn't have the growth capacity that is going to be very important in re-healing problems, if any problems occur. Mm-hmm. And you're now set in your ways. And you're set in your ways in two ways. First of all, you're set in the way because of, the of muscle memory and those things we, we know. But also, if you think about it, you have, so you've got a slight forward head posture. If you tried to chin tuck, possibly like this. Yeah. You've got no airway. You've got no space because your face should be further forwards. And since your face isn't further forwards, eh, you've got lack of space for your tongue. So effectively, I would say this is my um, postulation. You know, I've come up with this concept of craniofacial dystrophy. It's my suggested pathological process for these problems. You know how faces aren't growing well, craniofacial dystrophy. So you've had to hold your head forward because if you do that, you're constricting your airway and you've got the angel on one side that says well what mike says is really important it's stand up straight shut your mouth mm. a new idea you know it's what i really want to do yeah going like that. But it's just, you're you're the devil on the other side's going breathe so the problem is you've got this structural deficit and the your current posture your current function is the most comfortable to do in your current structure sure so changing is difficult not only because of muscle memory but of course what i call structural memory so the structure the memory of the structure you have the, the 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 memory inherent in the structure you've got is diverting your patterns now as i said when i talked to that senior um surgeon in north london he said he thought that 20 percent of the adult population were going to die 10 years early because of sleep apnea's consequences. And you don't want me to tell you where I think you are in that spectrum.
0: Well, actually, you, you'd be wrong because I do buteyko and I take my mouth up at night. So I don't I don't I don't think your analysis is 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 uh, your pessimism is not justified. And also I'm sensing a gauntlet shut down here. You're, no,
1: you're, no, 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 no. You well, are, because you, you're, so you're telling go me that start, I'm if...
0: irreparable, and I'm saying, no, I'm saying, or you're suggesting that I haven't got the will to do the... No, check. no,
1: no, 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 you're jumping it. So what I'm saying is that it's, it's, you know, you've got the, you know, you, you would, what you'd need realistically to change, you would need a sudden dramatic change in structure mm. Then enforcing postural and um, functional changes for every single angle. Right. Okay. Now I can un- I can <clears throat> I can start imagining what that's going to look like. Mm. But I think we're going to need a little bit more technological advancement. But if twenty percent of the population are going to die, let's say this is an arbitrary number. In uh, 10 years early because of sleep apnea's consequences. Well, that's where the real money is. That's where the real market is. Mm. These kids with crooked teeth, we we can look at prevention. We can start preventing them, correcting them. You've got this concept of, you know, I never heard of this concept of mewing.
0: Well, I wanted wanted you to tell me about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll come back to that. But right now, if you're a teenager and you're a young adult and you can really get into mewing, well, that can really help you. But I think over about 25 years old, you're going to struggle because I said, you know, you know, our ancestors were only living on, on average till about sort of late 30s, 40 years old. So at 25, you've gone middle age. And but this is where I've got to get the spotlight of modern medical research to shine on this problem. And that's my goal, because I've got lots of ideas and lots of, you know. It's really, really, really hard to, to push this stuff forward when I work just as crazy. I was getting to that point when I, I came down here a decade ago and I've worked just crazy hard and I've spent everything I've got. And I've pushed myself to my health is in you know my health in bits. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize till recently how far I would pushed my relationship. Um, you know, I pushed everything, you know, that. I, I, what I've got to do is I've got to stimulate the scientific process because it's not going to be one person that comes up with all these answers, or even a family that comes up with these answers, or you know, even even a small team. We're going to need big, you know, teams of dedicated researchers to start unpicking this because it's it's a massive problem. I mean, I'm, this is the biggest problem most people have never heard about. Yeah. Yeah, and, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But
0: people are going to be watching this podcast and they're going to be thinking this is really interesting. I I'll get my kids okay. sorted. But what about me? What well, can we do? Well, mewing
1: is ultimately mewing is the way forward because that's actually trying to literally change your posture and function. You know, okay. I'm saying it's been caused by weak muscles. Hang your mouth open. Well, you do the reverse of that. Yeah. But then you get into problems like people getting jaw joint problems problems, as I said, when people are just too narrow, you know, they, they can't stand up straight because their tongue's in their airway, or they're getting blocked noses so frequently that they can't, um, properly breathe out of their nose. And then you've got to, sometimes you've got to make some type of intervention to help them with that. Now, clearly <clears throat> I'm, I've been working, I've, I've been using appliances and actual mechanical systems to hi- tr- help try to change people, but it's <clears throat> yeah, it's really hard. Me doing the research here, mm. you know. I'm trying as hard as I can, but you know, and then I get the court case on top of me, taking just thousands of hours of my time. <clears throat> and you know, nightmare. It's a nightmare. And of course, you know, I had medical insurance, so indemnity insurance, and I got, had one of the top indemnity insurance. You know, I, I, I just because I, I was worried that you know, yeah. I knew I was different. So I had one of the top companies, I won't mention names, but when it came to it, and I met my defence team and I start going through things, you know, they were really good with all of us, you know, the, the run up, you know, this, this case is, it's five and a half years since this, the first case was first reported. So there's been a lot of going on. And my indemnity, my insurance, the the, the legal team provided my, my my indemnity insurance. They were fine. They covered all of the, those, you know, all of the, the paperwork stuff, you know, the run up to the trial. But when we came close to the trial, it was, I mean, it was simple. They were saying, well, where's your evidence? Your treatment works. If you haven't got published research, you're dead. That's it. You know, and everyone tells me you're wrong. And lots of these guys were trained as dentists before they went into legal work for legal dental work. And they're saying, well, we know you're wrong. You know, this is the way. Everyone's against you. And it was just like, I'm going to lose this. These guys aren't, they're not going to give me adequate legal protection. It's not going anywhere. And I talked to a we had a christening, and I talked to a mate of mine. And he goes, you need this bloke, you need um, Stephen Vullo. And guys, not cheap, but I tell you, he's brilliant. You know, that's the legal response I need, and so at least I'm going to have decent legal legal representation. And but that was my house, you know.
0: And this is appalling. I, I'm getting
1: ready to buy a house, and there it goes, off it goes. Luckily, I had that money.
0: People should be free to come and see somebody like you. It, it, it's just outrageous. I, I,
1: I would probably do it for free. I mean, I lose money anyway. I mean, I've lost massive money after the last decade. You yeah. know, you know, I, I, and you think, what's well, so, it? Well, you know, your your fourth decade in life and into your fifth decade. This is when you're supposed to be earning bucks to, you know, make a life for yourself, make make you make your future. And I've I've lost money.
0: Ah. I'm so sorry. Huh? Well, ah. I, I hope that, um... Well, if you get... What, what can they do to you? I mean, what... Take my
1: licence to practice away. you can't put me in prison.
0: Okay, and if they, they do that, what does it mean? You you won't be able to do anything? I'll write a book or something. But what if somebody like me wanted to come along regardless and didn't care about your...
1: You're not allowed to do that. Then you can throw you in jail. Oh, for... Because... And this is the thing, you know, because... As a country, we've given dentists a legal monopoly. Yeah. Now, they were given that monopoly, and there was quite strict rules underlying that, that they shouldn't do precisely what they are doing. So, but, you know, no one's, no one's going to look at that in my court case, are they? Uh, that's, that's, um, no. esoteric. Of course you not. Know. <laughs> oh you shouldn't be doing this oh really no, but we are and here's the allegation list and you've got to respond sure but you know you you can't you can't give give a professional legal monopoly unless you have you try and lay out rules on how they should behave and but then they don't have to they don't have to follow those rules you know we, we you know and the scientific process will solve that if it's getting way of you know a good business
0: yeah. This is really really horrible and upsetting and and so consistent with everything else I've learned about across the board. Um I mean you are just a, an example in your field. But this is this is universal. It's and it, and it's evil. It is absolutely evil that this is um People protecting vested interests. It's it's closed shops. It's it's like mafia style. It's it's yeah. It's it, it's it's crooked. It's corrupt and it's wrong. And um, I'm sorry for you. Uh,
1: well, but I aim to win, James, and I aim to change all of this. I guess I'm naive and I'm a little bit stupid. But my aim is, you know, because if I can make, you know, sometimes. It, it's, you know, it's like it's like they got um, Al Capone on his tax returns. Sometimes it's a little odd subject like orthodontics that can spearhead the way forward to gain change in other places. Yeah, because, you know, we, we could talk about lots of the more serious conditions, but only a few people get those conditions. And, you know, what's it to you? Do you, do you really need to get involved when, you know, very unlikely you'll get that condition? But crooked teeth. Well, most people are getting crooked teeth. Mm. And really, what I'm saying is only really interested to people with faces. However, if you happen to have a face, mm. this is it just this is going to be one of the most interesting things. You know, you you realizing that that thing that is you. You know, your face. You know, when when I go through when I um, <clears throat> enter a country and I hand them my passport, what bit of the passport do they look at to check if that's me?
0: Your face. Yes.
1: Mm, the face, face. Yeah. So, in what what looks back at any mirror anywhere in the world at me? Yeah. It is me, isn't it? And here's me telling me, I'm, I'm James. I'm telling you, your face is wrong. It's not grown right. Hmm. I'm telling you, basically, that you're wrong. You haven't grown right. Yeah. And this is... Whoa, I mean, when you start unpicking these sort of um, arguments, it's just, you know, just absolutely crazy.
0: So, tell me about mewing. How do I do it? How do we do it?
1: Okay, mewing is trying to have your tongue stuck to the roof mouth. So, when, I, when you look at old textbooks on... Um, Anatomy. They always have this little line that goes down to just above the top of the tongue, and it has negative pressure. And the idea is your tongue is supposed to be stuck to the roof of the mouth. Just before, you know, on that point, just before you put it down. Then you're supposed to have your teeth together, lips together, and then you engage the back third of the tongue. So if you watch my high eye bone, watch my Adam's apple, I, I'm sorry, I, I need a bit more um, fluid. Mm. So you're holding your Adam's apple higher up, and that's that's because you're holding the back third of your tongue higher up. And you can hold your back third of your tongue higher up there. You you suck it into place. So it's effectively so if I just relax. With my mouth open like ever, that. that's comfortable in yeah, that yeah. position. Now, if I engage my tongue and I suck it to the roof of the mouth, see how much better I stand. Then that's comfortable. That's actually where I want to stay. You know, people who keep saying, "Oh, stand up straight, do this," but but it's uncomfortable. Mm. Probably using the wrong muscles, all these things with strings and shoulders, you know most of them are fake you know they 're they're, they're, they're not quite right, and they 're causing other problems in the way, but getting the back third of the tongue up, you can then hold it with some suction, and as long as you keep your lips together and don 't allow that suction to be lost, you, 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 you stand you stand up straight, and that 's mewing, and the, the profound effects on your whole body i mean. <clears throat> For example, you, you engage the back toe of your tongue, push your head back a little bit, then all of a sudden you could fall forwards or you could fall backwards. You, now you're in an equilibrium. Most humans are spending all the time with their head forward. So the muscles up your back are doing far too much. And the muscles down your front do nothing. And then we wonder why I get our tummies hanging out. Mm. We used to do that. <clears throat> Stand up straight. Start walking on the street you're more or less instantly barefoot walking without thinking how that happens. Mm -hmm. And you can feel your abs contracting. Bang, 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 bang. As you're walking along, it just wait. It just, it seems that as soon as you get this top segment, I mean, you know, I say the keystone, I mean, this area is the keystone. As soon as you get this top segment in place, you suddenly find how without in thinking about it, you're, you're walking better, you're standing better, you you know, your, your neurology is working better. You know, i I mean, I'm not here to give sort of crazy wild um, benefits of things. It, it, I find it, it is interesting. You know, maybe I just stumbled on something that was quite useful. But I also, what I see is I see these kids, and this is what surprised me because I came up with this concept. I, I didn't term it mewing. It just got termed mewing on the ether somewhere, okay? But I gave a lecture for a, um, someone called the 21 convention. It was the type of lecture that I wouldn't have given if I'd done any research, any research at all. You know, the other people around me were pickup art with other lecturers were pickup artists and bodybuilders. And, you know, it was all a little bit, I think well, what they're calling this, um, incels. It was a bit insult related. <clears throat> anyway, I, I, didn't know. I mean, it was at the, um, Charing Cross Hotel. And my girlfriend was working in Soho. I got, uh, yeah, yeah, in, in um, Covent Garden. And it was just so convenient. it was just right at the time, just before I would pick her up. So um, we were going to go out. So great. Fantastic. I did, did the lecture. And <clears throat> so if you want to Google that, you can, if you just Google Mike Mew21. And I gave this lecture. And I knew it was to young people because I'd asked them in advance. And. It seemed to resonate with people. You know, I made a clear, logical argument, I think an, an um, irrefutable argument. I think what I'm saying is irrefutable. I don't there's any evidence against what I'm saying. And these people jumped on the concept. And at the end of the lecture, I was sort of a throng of crowd around me of people saying, how can we make our faces better? Mm. And what, that's kind of not what I said in the lecture. I said that I was using appliances. I'm saying this was the problem. This is how I was yeah. correcting it. Etc. Etc. And then I was mobbed by these kids saying, "How can I look better?"
0: Yeah.
1: I, was, I said, "I said but you'd be crazy to try. It's so difficult. Change is such a difficult thing to do. However, I guess you'd be crazy not to try." Yeah, exactly, Mike. Come on, <laughs> come on.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm sure my 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 son has has must have been exposed to some of this because he now chews this matcha, is it gum? What, what's the what?
1: mastic gum? Mastic gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's mastic, been mastic gum. So he gum.
0: must know but so it, it's filtered out to 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 the
1: youth. Oh yeah. <clears throat> well, what, who was it? it? Was in the papers at the weekend on Saturday that that um, Bella Beba Bella Bella Hadid Hadid
0: Bella Hadid
1: the Hella, Bella Hadid, yeah, sorry, I'm just not...
0: Yeah, yeah, we don't know about these people.
1: So, um, she's mewing. And, of course, I look on TikTok, you know, and um, I look at the... Someone pointed this out to me, so now I do it once in a while just to feel good, but... um, I go to the hashtags on TikTok, and it was, um, the hashtag mewing has been seen 1.9 billion times on TikTok. And... Whoa! I think you know I'm, I'm gaining traction. You but, are, but, but, yeah. You know, it's going so, and I've got a, I've got finally. I'm going to get a mewing app. You know because I've got quite a lot to say about this. And when I went and I produced these, um, I did went on this 21 convention, and I had I I then was, you know, we had a we had a uh, a Google alert on my name because Mike Mew is quite a, you know, there are not many Mike Mews around the world. It's quite a simple yeah. little name. So we were picking up. A um, people talking about me and asking questions about the video so I went and then supplied the answers to these questions mm-hmm. and then I put videos up from my patients uh, uh, directed to the general ether general world and this is how the mewing craze got going and I haven't actually put that much information up about what I was truly meaning however I then see images of people on the Internet who have been mewing, going, if you Google, um, mewing before and after. So yeah. Or mewing results or something like that. Yeah. And you see these guys and it's, it's crazy. You know, you see this, go, go, um, Vlad from Kazakhstan and he's, you know, like this. Yeah. And then you see him two years later and he's, oh, he's got a jaw like this. And you can see it's not fake. The whole of his facial structure has changed unbelievably. And here's Vlad who's got the jaw. So like there the jaw. you are. He's chewing. And I just, you know, and, in the, you know, y- you can't put this back in the box because it's clearly it's clearly true. You know, you can see the results. And then, you know, the letters I get from people who are saying just it's really nice to understand their problem. And you know, if you've got jaw joint problems, if you've got sleep apnea, if you've got, you know, I would say a lot of a lot of the problems with this structure are related to it not forming the right shape. And if you've got crooked teeth, or you lack space for all 32 teeth, then you've got a problem with the way this grew. And that will have knock-on health effects. I mean, that's not so unreasonable to assume. But yes, I wish I could get a little bit further within the medical community with that.
0: Oh, but can, I, can i ask you something um that I, <clears throat> I, I wondered earlier on who invented this idea that you need to take wisdom teeth out i mean presumably they're there for a reason I know, I
1: know, right, yes. this is crazy i mean and this is this is this goes you know, let me um um row, 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 row this all the way back to the, the court case as well so when i go in to this court case Everyone there, including till recently my legal team, but we're going to go the committee who are going to make the decision. The opposite legal team, the independent lawyer, the clerk, even the guy who sweeps the floor, think that wisdom teeth are just extra teeth. We don't need any longer because they're being genetically wiped out. So they all hold a view that is wrong. Scientifically wrong and they're biased against me before we start. Everyone there will think that the way their face grew was genetic. So I'm going in, not only I mean, I'm going to the lion's den. It was all set up by the um medical professionals. But also I'm going into a loaded situation where everyone believes something that's completely wrong. Yeah. But um you know, wisdom teeth, you know, when you look at wisdom teeth removal, it started, um, I, I, I imagine about 100 years ago. But like many things, like orthodontics, it will have started with richer people. You know, you've had people who, I call it downswung, so you're slightly downswung. Go and look at busts of Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar was downswung; His face had dropped down. Maybe not to the level where he's got clearly, obviously crooked teeth. We don't know. We... He wasn't smiling in any of those busts, but it, it, you know, within the rich and wealthy, this has been going on for a long time, and I think that's another. I'm, I'm, I'm not a great wordsmith, but I think it's another interesting aspect that you you go back. I mean, it's interesting. You'll see a photograph um, from the late 1900s, so 18 sort of 90s, 1895. Of, you know, um, Squire Jones standing there with his prize bull, and then there'll be five or six farm workers. And you look at Mister Jones, and his face has dropped down. He's he's got less, you know. He, he hasn't developed as well. And all the farm hands, fantastic facial development, fantastic. And you know, you've heard that time that phrase. You know, she they she often it's used. She has the common look. Well, because she's really beautiful, but it's like all the common people are. Mm. And you talk about, we would have distinguished features. You know, he has a noble nose. Right. Why Why do people have big noses that stick out? Because the rest of the face has collapsed.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, well, you've got a big nose. Yes, clearly there can be genetic variation. You know, I, this is the only time I've ever banned someone from a YouTube. I don't even look at the YouTube thing, but when I first started, was I did one on the Roman nose. And someone was claiming that I was racist because actually it was a Jewish nose and I just, the whole thing went off. And I mean, my first experience of Internet nonsense. Mm. Um, but I think there's a way because it, it was the noble, distinguished, educated people whose faces weren't growing well. Initially, we had this sort of almost desire and because they were the ones that could afford orthodontics, the rich people, mm. they were the ones who not only could afford it, but they were the ones getting it. Because they could afford to live off milk and honey. Yeah. And they were the ones first uh, getting these problems. So it's a little bit when you get these, like, counter things, like, where where are we? We used to be Rubenesque, used to be attractive. Then, as everyone became fatter, well, we wanted skinny. Because you, you always want what we can't get. Mm. Then we used to have pale and pasty skin was attractive. Then we went to the form where we've got a, you know, because that meant you weren't out in the fields. Mm. And then all of a sudden, that meant you were in the office and you weren't on holiday on a on a beach somewhere. So it's it, it, you know, and I think that mm, these, like I, I, I don't have words for these things, but these traits, I have, um, they counter. Traits, you know, we, we find this more attractive, and you know, it's often what's less available. Yeah. But I'm sure that affected people's viewpoint. And of course, it was the rich and privileged who could get crooked, their teeth were having their teeth removed and who could afford to have their teeth removed. And I imagine that happened about 100 years ago. Mm. Or maybe earlier.
0: Yeah. It's a mess. It's a hot mess. Um, so. OK, so um, this has been very interesting. So if we can put in the effort, we mew and we chew gum. Yes,
1: yeah, stand up straight. <clears throat> chew, mew and stand up straight. Yeah,
0: you sound like Jordan Peterson now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fascinating that he in his his first rule of life talks about... The psychological importance of standing up straight. I don't quite, I, you know. He talks about shoulders back. Actually, Jordan, I'd love to have a chat with you about the details of that from a medical perspective. But the basic, you know, the broad overall viewpoint is spot on. And <clears throat> you know, I, I think that when I'm, I was talking earlier on about, you know, you, I think when you're mewing and you've got proper placement of your tongue, I think there are neurological benefits from that. And I think that's where I crossed with Jordan Peterson. And, <clears throat> and say, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think it, it has real profound differences.
0: But I, I've been yeah. I've been having a half-assed attempt at mewing now and again. Um, do, do, yeah. do, do you produce extra saliva when you do that? A
1: lot of people say that when they first start, yeah. Because what you want to be doing is swallowing a lot in the correct way to gain the vacuum to get your tongue stuck to the roof of the mouth. But if you lack tongue space, you get your tongue on the roof of the mouth, teeth together, and chin tucked, you've, like, you've got no airway space. And in that group, which is a, probably a very large group, well, they're going to need that helping hand to get out of that hole. And that's where I want to get the spotlight of modern medical research on this area because it's desperate.
0: You you definitely... The rates
1: of sleep apnea going up like this. Sleep apnea, as I said... It wasn't in my syllabus in the 80s, and it's now um, late 80s? No, 93, I that. So, and it would be late 80s. So, and it's gone up. There's absolute epidemic proportions, along with lots of other ENT problems, forward head posture, jaw joint problems. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's no one saying what's happening. All of these problems associated with the same parts of the face are going up and they're parallel each other a bit later each one, but, um, yeah. And then you can take, you know, you listen to what professor Sheldon says, professor Sheldon from, um, Chicago, you know, one of the top guys in pediatric sleep apnea in the world. He's saying there's no such thing as ADHD. The kids who can't breathe at night. Mm. If, you had, if you've ever had, you've ever had, let's see, not, probably not one, but if you've got three or four kids who are all sleep deprived, how do they act when they start bouncing off each other? They look just like kids with ADHD, just like them. Then what do we give to kids with ADHD to calm them down? Amphetamines, uppers, to keep them awake.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, good point.
1: You see, now I, I, I don't you know. He you may have a good point, but then. If that's true, and we've got sleep apnea rumbling up like this, well, maybe this rapid rise in um, people on the spectrum is related to just the kids. They're not sleeping properly. Yeah. They're not getting a decent night's rest. And the compound effect of that night upon night upon night was going to be something. Sure. Sure. And, you know, um, as I said, when you... When you really look at this, you know, prevention, you know, that's what we should be looking at. Um, I just, you know. You need to, Mike, you, you talk
0: a good game, and I think you're, you're, you're fighting for, for, for truth and justice. Um, you need to try. No, you are. Um, and I can see that it's, it's, it's taken its toll on you. Um, you need mm. to yeah. find somebody who's clever enough to be able to say, Mike, this is how your app will monetize your because you, like, you need you what, what you've invented something brilliant or or, or rediscovered something brilliant
1: yes and, and codified i think yeah
0: been. okay you've codified it and and it's really important that you, you get support in your work and financial support and i think the only way you know the, what you've mentioned about what you've mentioned about the response of the kids that's that's where you're going to make your money You've got it. Well, eat.
1: that's why I said you know I I, mean, I know that James. And actually, after this 10, 11 year slog, you know, damaging. So I've got Crohn's disease, and that I, at the moment I eat my diet is such a simplistic monk like diet with no alcohol, no everything else, just so that I don't because of my Crohn's disease. And you oh, know, you've got Crohn's? Good,
0: oh, blind Yeah, and
1: that that kicks off with stress. Well, have like you, you have you be.
0: have you tried Buteyko? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Do you not yeah, find I, it I'm, useful? Yeah, I, I struggle because it clearly this is what well, another kick, you know, I, I was asthmatic, which means I've really struggled with reducing. I, I, I have tried and I think it has helped to improve me, but I've really struggled not to overbreathe because of this, you know, this asthmatic tendency. And, you know, then you're going how are these are all linked.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'd say i'd say keep at it because
1: yeah it's got me supposed to times. have i literally at 11 o'clock this morning i was supposed to be interviewed by patrick McEwen, who is a good friend of mine who i've known for years who's the leading one of the leading proponents of buteyko there it is um yeah and I, he teaches used to i would, would rent the room upstairs for him oh but but uh, this 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 effort i'm I'm now going to cut down on the patients i'm seeing i'm going to cut out adults for a short period of time um I'm going to cut the tr- clinic just to the most simplistic element that is reproducible simple, and i can you know I, I need to stop making you know all this inquiry trying things on. You know I get so many people coming that really really you know they 're desperate for me to treat them, and I just have to now say no because yes, I could help you, I could improve your situation, but I just stick to something simple for my own sake because the the hassle and the stress and the um working so hard and not making money that it is hard work that so i 'm going to cut down and focus more on these other things like these mewing apps, these other apps and I'm going to try and gain governmental change. I want systemic change within the system because if I can get systemic change in this small little area of orthodontics, well, then I think I can work that through to other areas as well, because, you know, I I mean, as, as you were pointing out earlier on, there are other problems in medicine. Just a bit. I know that. And I want to do something about that. And I want to, Try and push my profession into a brighter path.
0: I'm with you. Look, lots you know? of people watching this, Mike, are going to be wishing you all the very best. Um, you're, you're, a, you're a good man and you're doing great work. And thank you for sharing. Some That's okay. Of I just
1: It just it needs more media attention, this whole thing.
0: This is it. You've, your moment has come. You're on the Delling Pod, mate. You've made it. This is peak mew. You know, three generations of Mew have worked towards this moment where Mike, the, the grandson, appears on the Delling pod and everything is magically restored. It's great. It'll, it'll be good. So it's been good talking to you. Thank you very much. I'm going to go. Listen, I'm going to go and look up Mike Mew 21. And I'm also going to to I'm going to learn how to mew and I'm going to do some mewing.
1: Yes, it is. I wish you all the best. The problem is that um, old digs, dogs, new tricks. And you don't get some change in the strike. I'm sorry.
0: Look, stop it. Stop being so
1: negative, man. Give us us hope. We want hope. People want hope. Okay, well then, uh, James, take good records. Yeah. Take nice photographs in profile, in repose, Mm. so not making, at a decent distance. Mm. You know, I talk about it on my um, YouTube channel, particularly in that five-point prevention plan, but... Um, or, you know, come here cause we've got 3d cameras so we can take your face with 3d cameras and we, you know, I'm trying as hard as I can to be as scientific as I can to follow, to be as pure as I can in every respect.
0: It's, it's, it's gotta be worth it. Um, yeah. No, I hope so. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like the fact that you've got you know? strong jaws and you know, I'm quite, I'm quite envious. Well,
1: that it. helps. I'm sure that's helped the message. Bastard. But, <laughs> right. you know, but I'm, I'm re- generally regarded within my profession as a known charlatan. As a what, known charlatan?
0: Oh, they can, Well, they can fuck off. Seriously, Mike. They, they they seriously can. Absolutely, they can fuck right off. Anyway, I, I I've got to I've got to go now because it's the um it's the 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 hunt is meeting um outside our church and I I I've got to go and look at them in, in their splendour. Um, uh, so thank you very much for being on the on the Delling Pod. Um, that's okay. Um, is there anything you want to? Th- th- uh,
1: well please please support that? the prevent crooked teeth campaign and there's all there's some there's some places there where you can donate to the cause if you so wish um and then when the mewing app comes out please buy a copy because definitely that will help out.
0: definitely is that going to be soon yeah sorted out mate seriously so i'm an orthodontist
1: yeah i'm not S- really i know a well this is the problem
0: we're not very good yeah, at this kind of thing, you and me. I can tell. No, no, but no
1: yeah.
0: we get the, get the app out. Okay, um, my beloved listeners and viewers, just let's let's be be honest here. Um, they are trying to close me down. They don't want people like me or Mike, indeed, to make a living, and and they will put all sorts of obstacles in your way. So, whichever way you can support me, whether it's on Locals or, or Substack or 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 um, Subscribe or Patreon. Please try and get it past your bank and get and, 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 and fund me because I this is my sole source of income and uh, you don't want me not to be doing this stuff. You really don't. You want to be supporting me just because you like what I do. I mean, never mind the perks. So please get off your ass and do it. OK, seriously. Thank you. Um,
1: Mike, thanks a lot. That's OK. Cheers, James. Listen, thank you very much um, for having me on your show. I hope this will lead to maybe bigger, better things or even coming back at some point.